Please be seated. Good morning. Um, greet you yet this morning personally. My name is Marianne Buddy, and really honored to serve as the bishop of this diocese and to be back at St. Columbus. It's been exactly three years since Pentecost 2019 that I was here in worship and I'm just amazed at all that has happened in our lives and in this world and in your lives in three years. So I, um, I'm filled with joy and gratitude um, for the ministry of St. Columbus, uh, your wonderful leaders. And I wonder if you might join me in giving a round of applause and gratitude to your good clergy and lay leaders, staff, And it's especially thrilling for me to be here for a confirmation and reception service. I often say there are a few things that I do in my job as bishop that you pay me for, but confirmation and reception, I do that for free. It's just one of the great joys of my life. Now, just a quick thing about, about today, Pentecost, because I had this conversation with my daughter-in-law last night who is not someone who spends a lot of time in churches, and she was asking me about what today was, and I told her it was Pentecost, and she said, so yeah, what's Pentecost? <laughs> so I, you know, I did the whole thing about the Holy Spirit and coming on the disciples, and she said, well, yeah, but didn't that, didn't that happen on Easter? She was in church on Easter. And I, I had to say, well, actually, yes, it did did, because in some versions of what happened with Jesus and the Spirit, there is one account where Jesus actually, on the day of resurrection, gives the Holy Spirit to the disciples when they're in a quiet room, and he breathes on them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit, right? It's very quiet, very personal. It has a lot to do with what David was just reading about, peace and calm and strength. So that was one version of the Spirit's coming. Today, we're obviously celebrating another version, both true, by the way. This was a coming of the Spirit that was collective and powerful. Um, it, it was led by people who were given strength to do what they always wanted to do, but could do it better in that moment, which was telling the story of Jesus and the people in the room or in the gathering heard them in a new way because barriers that had been divisive between them came tumbling down. Uh, barriers of language, barriers of culture, it didn't matter. They, they all heard it and they were transformed. So, happy Pentecost. But before we do the obvious task of today, which is to look for signs of that spirit in our lives, the Holy Spirit I'm talking about now in our lives, let's just ponder for a moment together what it means for us to have a human spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, but our human spirit. The word spirit is not originally a, a religious term, although it's always had these connotations with breath and wind and energy, the stuff of life. When we talk about our spirits, we think of 
purpose and power and intelligence and creativity, which is why, by the way, one of my professors used to say that you can speak about a horse as being spirited, right? Spirited horse. But you wouldn't say that about a mosquito, right? <laughs> but some in the animal kingdom share spirit with us, right? And we sense it. Um, our human spirit, like our breath, is what gives us life. And it's certainly what makes our lives interesting. And it's also internally, it serves as a kind of unifying force. It's, it's the part of us that we take with us all the way through life, from our youngest to our elder years. It's the cohesion of who we are. And should we ever give up our spirit, right? Should we ever give it up, as Jesus did on the cross? We die, or a part of us dies. Um, so this is really important to sort of tend to and care for our spirits. And, and although we can sort of imagine it as being separate from our bodies, I'm not sure that we can, that's not how it works in real life. I mean, doctors among us, if you're a doctor, you know that you know how much our spiritual well-being well -being contributes to our physical health. And all it takes is a really bad head cold to demonstrate for us how the state of our bodies can affect our spirits, right? They're deeply connected. So like breath, like air, our spirit fills every bit of us inside. And, and, and it, uh, this is important, it also goes out from us. It connects to other spirits in collective ways. You know, as we talk about things like team spirit, or school spirit, or community spirit. It's like a bunch of spirits coming together and creating something bigger, and hopefully better, together than any of us could do on our own. And I, I want to suggest to you, and I'm getting now to the Holy Spirit, I want to suggest to you that it's in that space inside us that we would call our spirit and in that in-between space between us that we come to know God. That's where God shows up, in spirit to spirit. And it's, it's the part of God that is in constant communication with us. Um, it's God's breath, God's energy meeting ours. And it's a way for us to name it, that energy that brings us closer to God and through God to one another. Now that, this, there's a lot of passages in Scripture, if you read through the Gospels, where they talk about Jesus and he'll say, the text will say, filled with the Spirit, Jesus went off and did these things, right? Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and he, fill in the blank, healed people, gave them food. Because with Jesus, I mean, what distinguishes Jesus from us is that he was so connected to that spirit all the time that it was like his spirit too, right? It was just with him all the time. And that's what he promised would come to us, his followers. Um, 
It's just that for us, we don't get that same sense of overpowering connection all the time. We get it in moments, right? It comes to us in, in, in glimpses or now and again. And when it happens, we feel most alive ourselves and we can connect with each other in a way that's different. We're still ourselves. It's not like the spirit comes in and takes over our spirit, but it works with us in such a way that we're more of who we are. Have you ever had the experience when, when you've done something really remarkable, right? Um, sort of, you've just managed something really amazing and fill in the blank, whatever that is for you, you know, you just brought it home. And somebody will say to you, like, how did you do that? And when that happens to me, and it doesn't happen every day, but whenever it happens to me, my, the most honest answer would be, I'm not sure, right? I mean, that was me, right? I said that thing, I showed up, I, I did it, but I'm not sure how it happened. Because if it were up to me alone, I'm not sure I could have pulled it off. Does that make sense? It's, it's this kind of amplification of who we are. So, if you're gonna go looking for evidence of that spirit in your life, the first place to look is where you feel most alive. The glory of God, an old theologian said, the glory of a God is a human being fully alive. So when you feel most yourself, most joyful about who you are as a person in this world, that's a good sign that the Spirit is moving through you. And there's another way. When you begin to recognize the things in you that you are naturally gifted in, or when people say to you, you know, you have a gift for this. That's a sign of the Spirit working in you in a particular way that isn't true for everybody else, right? Some things do, in fact, come easier to you than they do for other people because you're gifted in a particular way. And, 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 and the Apostle Paul tells us there are a variety of gifts, right? We're all gifted differently. But one of the places you can lean into the Spirit the Holy Spirit in you is when you lean into your own gifts and you cultivate them and you develop them and you give God through your giftedness more to work with in this world. So it's not just enough to have the gift, it's to develop it and take it as far as you can so that when the Spirit shows up, you can go, you can go amazing distances with that natural aptitude combined with the Spirit's power. I'd like to just mention one more way you can sort of sense you're in the groove with the Spirit. And this, is, this has to do with, and we saw it beautifully demonstrated in the reading from Acts along with the choir. It's, it's when we're able to say something, speaking from our hearts, and other people hear us as if we were speaking their language. And not necessarily just their 
language language, like English or Spanish or French or Croatian. It's, it's like we've, we're connecting soul to soul, right? Sometimes we're not even talking, but we're connecting. And that's another place where the spirit is alive in us. Now, it would be amazing if we felt it all the time, but we're not Jesus. Um, we know it from time to time. Um, but I am persuaded that we can help the process along the more we are open to it, the more we place ourselves in a posture of receiving, which is one of the reasons we show up in church every Sunday, right, to, or most Sundays, to remember and to open ourselves, to receive it, and to be reminded and inspired by other people who are doing the same thing. We also experience in other places, not just in church, but the whatever ways we can be open. And to those of you who are being confirmed today and to being received today, I, I want to just say something about the prayer that I pray as I, as I gather with each one of you and pray. Um, for those of you being confirmed, it is a prayer particularly focused. I'm addressing the Holy Spirit, and I'm asking that that Spirit in you be met by the Spirit of God, and that it guides you through your life. Um, and that's a prayer, by the way, and a blessing that never goes away. It's with you forever. And for those of you who are being received into our church, it's a similar acknowledgement of your giftedness and of your heritage, and that we are so grateful that you are bringing that part of your spirit into this collective spirit and that together we make a common offering that, as, as I said before, gives God more to work with through us. So in closing, I'd like to leave you with two ideas, two things to do um, after church today. And the first one is a kind of a conversation starter. If, you, if you're willing, um, when you're at lunch or dinner or the next time you're just talking among yourselves, if you might be willing to share a time when you felt most alive, most connected, and that each of you could name that as a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection between you and God, okay? Just to name it and to celebrate it, to claim it, because when we claim it, we live into it with greater possibility, right? And then the second, and this is a little out there, um, try doing this. Um, stand up, please. Would you please stand up and put, your, and put your bulletins down? This is a little prayer practice that I learned from someone who I just admire beyond words. And she says she starts her day every day doing this. She raises her hands. Raise your hands. And she invites the spirit in. And then she puts her hands out. Try not to hit somebody, but put your hands out. And she asks the spirit to help her to love. And then she puts her hands in front of her. And she asks the spirit to guide her in her life. Okay. So you might try that for a week and see if it makes a difference. Please come in. I welcome you, Spirit. Help me to love. Show me the way to live.
And as we do those things together, may our spirits and God's spirit be about all that is good and healing and loving in this world. And aren't we lucky when we get to play a part in that? Amen.